Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Pedrosian throws to Sandberg and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting have come to an end. The Giants have won the pennant. It's Thompson to Clark. It's not Willie Mays Day. Maybe it's Barry no. Bonds Day in the future sometime. Ooh. Next year, two five, maybe. yeah. Next year, two five twenty five. Let's do it. Let's lobby for it. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yesterday was Willie Mays Day, and I don't re- even really know what that means. There were some speeches. I saw London Breed and Barry. I think Larry Bear. They did a little thing. I saw Ken Griffey Jr. do a video for Willie. Nice. Will, Cl- Will Clark reposted something from his podcast where he said that uh, I think it was him and Mitchell were at spring training and Mays and McCovey came through and Mitchell was kind of razzing Mays a little bit. And then Mays decided to go yard on him and, (laughs) and uh, Will was screaming at, at Mitchell to stop antagonizing the legends uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was kind of cool. Like I thought there was going to be like maybe a little ceremony or a little parade, but it was raining. So I don't know what the yeah. actual plan was, but I'm I'm guessing someone just realized it was February 4th, 2024. And they're like, Hey, we need to do something. Cause <laughs> there was not a lot of, uh, not a lot. I, we didn't get a lot of notice. I, I guess I would say that this was coming, but it was still pretty cool. Yeah. I liked seeing all the stuff on social media about Willie Mays day. Well, and and that's why, so Major League Baseball, I think it was today, released the designs of the spring training hats, um, which is an annual tradition now. I mean, it, you know, any kind of uniform variation, hat variation, color variation, any of that in, in uniforms nowadays gets a huge drop. Uh, everybody goes to the to the shop and picks up all the newest, coolest stuff. And on the side of the spring training hat, kind of where you have this national league logo and this hat that I'm wearing, uh, there's a, a home plate and a 24. And I thought, well, that's cool. They're, they're dropping, you know, like legends numbers mm-hmm. on the spring training hat. So I thought that's cool. I d- didn't even occur to me that it was 2024 and that's what it was for. Then after I bought it so I bought, I'm one of those, I had a credit for the store. So I bought that and a couple of like giants workout shirts. Uh, and then after I bought it, uh, Robert Flores, uh, from MLB network mm-hmm. posted, uh, row flow, row flow p- posted a picture on Twitter of all of the hats in a group. And I go, <laughs> they all have 24. Is it like, are, are, is it, are we doing something for Clemente or we are, no, and then, and then I was like, no, Clemente's 21. Is this, oh, is this like Willie Mays year? Is this, yeah. and then, and then it clicked and you idiot. It's 2024, so. but still getting the giants hat with that 24 on it, you could always associate that with Willie Mays because the numbers on the side of the giant spring training hat too, it's orange and black to match the hat. And the, the hat is orange with a black bill and everything it looks really cool. Uh, so I got a snap back of those. Cause if I order, if I try to order fitted sized hats nowadays, I might as well be ready just to ship it back because yeah. I could order, I could order a seven, a seventh and an eighth. And a seven and a quarter, and all three of them are going to fit me weird. Mm-hmm. So I, I I'm with you. Bother. I'm with you on the yeah, yeah. on the uh, the pro fits because you know when we're growing up, we don't we didn't want snapbacks. No way, like, man. We didn't cool. want we didn't want trucker hats. <laughs> we wanted pro fit hats hats because that's what the professionals wore. Yeah. But as you get older, I, I like I, I don't understand. I mean, maybe they have different sizes for the pros, but. You know, a seven and a half versus a seven and a quarter, that that there may be need for a seven and a third, right? And yeah. and we oh, yeah. we we couldn't buy that 
at a no. score. So it just, I could never find, you know, there, there were moments when I was younger where I was like, okay, this actually fits perfectly. And then, you know, five years later, I'm like, I'm in between. So I, I just yeah. stopped. Like even when I was playing semi-pro baseball, you know, we did the pro hat thing for a bit. Same. And when you're playing, like the hat gets so dirty, it's almost not <laughs> worth it. It gets dirty and it shrinks too. So, yeah. And so you can't wear it <laughs> anywhere and it stinks because you're playing in it all day. And yeah. so at some point we very similarly to what you did, we went spring training style because they were a little bit more of the flexi fit uh, version of the hat than not, not the exact pro fit, which, which is really sort of tight. This one was yeah. a little bit of a flex fit. So that's what we just started playing semi-pro in is, is the spring training cap. So I, I'm very fond of the spring training cap. Yeah, and I like the snapbacks now because same thing. I'll go, I'll go five weeks over when I should have gotten a haircut. <laughs> All of a sudden, that pro fit hat, that's nope. seven and an eighth, is really, really tight. So and and the other thing too, so in the stores in the MLB shop, and when you go to the stores. The stores you can't find the low profile hats, and I wear low profile because I wear a seven or a seven mm-hmm. and an eight. But in low profile, I'm a seven, standard size. Without the low profile, I'm a seven and an eight. But even then, you you can still go to the store, and I could try on three sevens, and they're all going to fit differently. So mm-hmm. it's you you kind of have to buy them in the store nowadays. But anyways, right. this is old man talk. Man. <laughs> You're right? not going to like this comment, by the way, Brad, that I'm about Uh-oh. to put up here. Uh-oh. So Davis says he's from the snapback generation, <laughs> but Kyle Shanahan got him into the trucker style hat. Hey. Kyle Shanahan does wear some pretty cool hats on the side. He does. I, I cannot find them in the stores is the problem. Like they're, the they're one probably that he, custom. Well, the one that he currently wears they like that version is not out, but like the one that he wore two years ago, I think you can kind of find that one at hat stores, but yeah, I searched fanatics. I sure searched everywhere. And the, the, the Shanahan version is, is not available. I think somebody had a, I don't know if this was a real one or a fake one, but they had a hat, a Kyle Shanahan hat on eBay. And it was like, Oh. It was like three hundred bucks. Or something. <laughs> Good <laughs> it was, lord! It was crazy. I was like, <laughs> "Come on, man!" Well, I go I go to Etsy to buy my Disneyland hats because uh-huh. there there I can get trucker hats where they'll have like a patch with like you know to visit Tatooine and stuff like that on the hats and stuff you can't get in Disneyland. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so people, I'll go people to are Etsy people are making those. it and being creative. Yeah. And hopefully yeah. so not getting m- sued. Yeah, well, yeah, and I, think, I think they can get away with it because if you're not using like, if you're just using the words, but yeah. you're not using images, yeah, 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 yeah. The Star Wars logo, I think you're okay. But who knows? Yeah. Well, we started with Willie Mays Day because it is a fun topic and it led us down Hatgate, but there's not a ton <laughs> of news <Hat> out. <laughs> there is one piece of news though i don't know enough about the kid who they traded for well we'll we'll re- i'll read his uh his profile in a second but we were just talking about the death ball last weekend yes we were we didn't even get to see one death ball because the giants immediately yeah. traded ross stripling to the a's for a young prospect a sixth round draft pick from last year by the name of Jonah Cox, who is going to, it looks like he's going to start in San Jose this year. He was the uh, sixth round pick overall, number 166 for the Oakland A's, and he went to Oral Roberts uh, in college. So he hit 287 with a 366 OBP and a 769 OPS uh, in his uh, minor league. I don't even know where he played last year. D- did not, uh, he only had 129 ABs. Uh, two jacks, 15 ribs, but he did have 20 stolen bases, which is quite interesting because uh, people who listened to the podcast that I did with the, the Athletics' own Steve Berman last week, it's something that Brad and I have been constantly talking about on this show, which is Farhan saying the Giants are going to get faster, they're going to get more athletic, they're going to get defensively better. And last year they actually like took almost took steps backwards there, but Jonah Cox provides some speed, uh, 20 stolen bases in 129 at bats. That's, that's some speed. So I I don't know enough about him, 
but that's the thing that stands out on his uh, on his baseball card there. So Ross Stripling, did, did were you sad to see Ross Stripling go? You know, uh, <laughs> it was not sad, but more panicked for a second because going into the start of the season, he's our number two. Yes, you, you got Webb, and then you got Stripling, and then you got minor leaguers. You got Kyle Harrison, Keaton Wynn. That's what I wondered. Uh, is Harrison Kristen in the number Beck. two right now? I think so. I think you have to say at this moment, he is the number two. Um, you and, and again, you have to think that move was a precursor to something else. And I thought, well, maybe that night, because well, what didn't that happen? Friday? So I thought maybe Friday night we're going to get some news. And then I was like, well, maybe over the weekend. And nothing happened over nothing the weekend. Nothing has no- happened. Nothing has happened. Today is Monday. And I thought, uh, we are nine days away from pitchers and catchers reporting for the Giants. And uh, we don't even know which pitchers completely are reporting for <laughs> spring training at this point. We know our catchers. We're fine there. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know which pitchers are reporting to spring training. So that that's okay. going to be interesting. Yeah. You think Joey Bart can hit 90 on the gun? Let's throw, let's throw him <laughs> behind the mound. Let's let, let's let's reconstruct see what his career. Maybe, maybe Joey Bart can throw the death ball. Maybe that's the that's the way that we reconfigure his career. He's not a catcher. Yeah. He's <laughs> gonna he's gonna hit for himself, uh, and and he's going to throw a, a death ball. I, I mean, yeah. This this spring training, like, what is interesting is. You know, coming off of that 2021 season where they were like the surprise of all of baseball going into 2022, we kind of knew what the team was about. We knew what that roster was going to be like. Like there were certain free agents who were out there and the Giants were like, nope, we're good. We're going to run it back. And then last year, we had a pretty good idea before everything started about again what it was going to look like like they had all of their ducks in a row and we're like okay you know they treat they got Hanniger they got Conforto this is what they're looking to do this year I literally have no idea what's going on like you're going into spring training and you're like okay we got Lee uh we still have Yaz um we have Slater uh, then do we, or don't we have Matos? Is he starting with the big club? I would hope so. And he's do, beefed up a little bit too. So do we, or don't we have the stash man, uh, with the goggles? Uh, do we like, it's, it's just like, yeah. You know, I, can you fill out the, could, could we fill out the 26 man right now today? I don't think so. I, you know, you could, but there's going to be a lot of guys on the 26 man who are on the 40 man roster who are not ready for prime time. So that, that would be the biggest problem is you'd have a a lot of young kids. Um, I mean, outfield is, is pretty much set. You've got Matos Lee and Yaz slash Slater, um, combo and right field. Right. And then Conforto, you can throw him out to left field if you need to. It sounds like he's going to be the DH um, uh, against pr- right-handed yeah. hitting, right-handed he'll pitching. Pr- right-handed pitching, yep. It's, I mean, is Spexler, is he coming up? I, you know, if the Giants need help later on in the season, yeah, but he needs another season. Because remember, he 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 made that meteor, meteor, meteoric. meteoric. That's what I was looking for. I almost said meteorological, but that's <laughs> like weather-related. Meteoric <laughs> rise through the minor league system last year. And it was more of a necessity. Like, Hey, we got to plug in. We need some excitement. We got to plug in a young guy. Let's bring up Meckler. Cause they had already done the Matos thing and, and Patrick Bailey at that point. Um, so Meckler's going to be more like, Hey, you're starting in triple a you're, you've got another season to get yourself going because they still have Elio Ramos uh, in the outfield that they kind of have to work in as well. Um, Hunter, I know I keep saying this name and I love this guy, Hunter Bishop. Coming into the season healthy, so if he can start to produce, he's another guy you've got to throw into the mix. But also could be a trade chip later on down the down the line. But um, so outfield is looking okay. Infield's just weird, man, because right now you got JD Davis at third, Luciano at short, 
Estrada at second and Wade at first. And then you've got Wilmer, who's probably the best hitter on the team in terms of power and contact combined. Um, and looking else around the infield, uh, Casey Schmidt. Um, so that's why, I mean, they, they have plenty I of mean, room for depth. And you didn't, you didn't mention someone who we'll talk about in a little bit, mm-hmm. who they're depending on now is Luciano. Yeah, yeah. They don't have, do they have another shortstop on the roster right now? They don't. Um, there really is not another shortstop on the roster. So that's another one. And, and, and if you uh, read Keith law, he's like, this dude is not a shortstop, put him in the outfield. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, and that's the, saying. that's a bit of the problem too. Cause you've got Matos in the outfield, but again, Yaz and Slater aren't going to be there forever. So you can get Luciano some ABs and triple a, I mean, this triple a team is good. If you, if you can get tickets to go see the triple a Giants, uh, the River Cats, you're going to have a fun time because there's going to be a lot of prime to be major league talent there. Uh, But it kind of depends on what happens. And I want to say what happens in the next nine days, but there's no deadline, man. You can sign guys a week or two into spring training, but then you're running into the issue is you've got to get them used to all of a sudden now you're in Arizona for a couple of weeks and boom, now you're in San Francisco and they're still getting settled. Uh, so mentality wise, are they, are they ready to start the season? I don't know, man. It's that, that's the thing that worries me the most. These guys are human beings. They're going to want to get acclimated to an area and not just show up in San Francisco, uh, plop down and get started. Uh, because we know what could happen is like Jock Peterson now hates San Francisco. From <laughs> was that, was, do we have proof that he actually liked that post? We do have proof. He, <laughs> uh, he, he had posted something on, I think it was Instagram and somebody had, had mentioned that, uh, you know, San Francisco has turned into a crap hole and all this other, other stuff. And, and he liked the comments. So screw you, Jock. I think he just I, have to say. I think he was just over it. I think so. For, for everyone just making fun of how out of shape he was. Yeah, I, I think that was part of it too. And you know, he kind of he ran his course. Him and Kapler probably didn't get along that well. But but again, from what we hear, Kapler kind of just let let the guys do whatever they wanted in the clubhouse. So I don't know what there is to not like, but uh, who knows? I, at some point, I'm sure we're going to hear more of the story. Jock Peterson will probably give some interviews during the season and take some shots because that's kind of who he is. But, you know, to heck with him. We get we get a boom when he comes back. So that's a plus. I like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, do you ever foresee a moment where – uh, who's the guy who slapped him in the face? Tommy Fam. Do are we gonna be on the side of Tommy Fam at some point? Going like, oh, that's why he slapped him in the face. At some I point, I, I already <laughs> am today. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm I'm already on the side. Let's see. Let me, I'm looking at the post right now. Uh, let's see. The post from Young Jock six fifty is him in a. Diamondbacks Jock Peterson helmet, right? in a Diamondbacks helmet uniform and everything else celebrating. Uh, and then somebody commented and said, I don't blame you for leaving San Francisco. A whole city has turned into, and then a poop emoji. Um, and then he apparently liked it. And I'm looking through to see where the like was and maybe he, yep, yep. He liked it. So it's <laughs> right at the, right at the very bottom. Young jock 650 liked that comment. So there you go. So if there wasn't a reason before to now, hate on jock peterson we can do that going forward and i'm sure he liked it while he was playing cards instead of working out so most likely yes he's he's gone the will clark route of working (laughs) out who does that uh and then watch him have like a little bit of a comeback here with those baby diamondbacks that will be so frustrating i i wouldn't doubt it because that is a good ballpark to hit home runs in um versus Oracle Park. So I can see that, the, I mean, his exit velocity was insane last year. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, I, I can see him having a resurgence and he's only going to hit against righties most likely. Yeah. Uh, won't have to play the field. Probably won't have, no, absolutely not. And he'll be a bench bat. So you're looking at probably like probably 20 home runs in the desert. I, I wouldn't say that's out of reach. Somebody who the giants were rumored uh, to be kind of in the in the mix for 
Solaire. And that was, I think it was from Susan Slusser. Is he a George or is he a Jorge? I think he's Jorge Soler. Okay, Jorge. Jorge, yeah. And that is somebody with right-handed pop. But also, can you have he and Wilmer on the same team? You can. You can solely because you can have, in that lineup, you can have uh, Soler as the DH, and you could have Wilmer at first. So, against so you left-handed, could, against left-handed, left-handed pitching. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, against left-handed pitching, and that's the only way that's going to work. Um, and then, again, you'll have, you know, hopefully Chapman at third, uh, even though he's right-handed bat, but still got to have that defense in there because uh, we don't want to see Wilmer at third if we don't have to, because we've talked about that numerous times, that is not a pretty sight. The fun thing with Jorge Soler is I went to, and I, and I like to do to go to the, the baseball savant site every now and then, because it's just got, if you like numbers, let's just say this. If you're a baseball fan, I already know you like numbers. Mm-hmm. So, so going to the baseball savant site is just like a candy store for baseball fans. Uh, and I think it's still run by, I don't know if it's run by ESPN, but ESPN does a lot of links to it. Anyways, Jorge Soler was 24th in the majors last year in average home run distance at 411. And Jock Peterson like was 132nd or something Mm. like that. Um, So there's an upgrade right there over power and, and home run distance. The problem with Soler though, is he is an absolute strikeout machine uh, in the, three seasons where he's played more than 137 games. He has struck out. uh, Let's see a ridiculous amount of times, 137 games struck out 141 times, 149 games. He struck out 142 times. And in the one season he played all 162 for Kansas city in 2019. He struck out 178 times. <laughs> he did hit 48 home runs that year. Yeah. He had an OPS plus of 137 and an OPS of, of, of 922. But a guy, I mean, you got to look at it this way too, that the voters didn't like that so much that even though he hit 48 home runs and drove in 117 runs, he came in 21st in, <laughs> in 2019. So they don't like the strikeouts, the voters. <laughs> and the other thing to consider is he's probably hitting a few less just being in uh, in Oracle, mm-hmm. which uh, you would wonder, well, well, why would he be interested? And the reason is because you, if the market is not hot for him, you know, for – what he can do in other places and the giants are interested, then you, you know, you kind of have to double back there and go, Hmm, if there, if there aren't a lot of options, then this, this place, I I may have to, uh, I may have to go hit there. I, I, this is not one where I'm just like, Oh, what a win. It would (laughs) add, it would add to the idea at least that, you got some somebody who can hit the long ball because if you go back to 2021, that is one thing that the team collectively did well is they hit the long ball. Last year, I think they were slightly under the average of hitting the long right. ball. Uh and and but that would bring some excitement back because what you know, we keep talking about this. Yes, we want the Giants to win. You know, with the three wild cards, there are more opportunities than ever to win and to be a part of the playoffs. But if you are not, you can't also be boring as all hell because that is just the right. double whammy, especially if you're trying to reinvigorate your market or your city to come back to the ballpark like they once did. It's just not going to happen if you have, you know, guys hitting you know, hitting pop-ups to left field that barely make the warning track. Like you need some excitement. And I think he could do that. Now, does he, is he a winning ball player? Is he someone who takes you from, you know, 82 to 87 wins and all of a sudden you're in the hunt? 
maybe i mean i think some things would have to go correctly including people being able to get on base in front of him right uh, but you know it's not one of those moves where you're like oh wow like this is like a change to the team like some something like cody bellinger would be a change to the way that they do things because he has so right. much talent and you know he changes the outfield he physically changes your lineup solaire is somebody who's going to add pop but because defensively he's not going to win any awards he's kind of who they already are and his one thing would be simply that he hits the ball over the fence i mean the matt chapman stuff is still out there he's still out there cody bellinger's still out there blake snell's still out there so there are names out there in the giant and one thing about this ross stripling thing is the giants did have to take care of some of that money but not most of it right like the a's did pick up a lot of that money so there is more money today to work with than there was yesterday so i don't know if the nine million or whatever that it opens up you know it was oh like now we can you know we'll add an extra year and and some change to matt chapman's deal i don't know if that's what that means but man you know you what they're doing at least what I it seems like Farhan is doing, he's kind of admitting some of his mistakes from right. the prior year, getting rid of Hanniger, getting rid of Stripling. And I don't think Wood was necessarily a mistake. He he did help out uh in in you know the the 2021 season. He he was a he was a pretty decent piece. But those guys are like, oh, we welcome coming to the Oakland A's because we will be able to start again and not have to be openers and not have to be middlemen. So I think they're happy about that now, but we'll, we'll let's check, check back in with them in like June. Well, my, my question to you. So I'm looking, I'm looking at Chapman's strikeout numbers. They're, they're actually higher than Jorge Soler's, but with that, you get the gold glove mm-hmm. and also the potential at 25 home runs with mm-hmm. Soler. You get the potential at, 30 home runs, but you also have the seasons where he didn't play much and he got you 10 home runs, or yeah. 15 home runs. So you so you have to deal with that as well. Batting average, Jorge Soler's lifetime 243 and uh, Chapman lifetime 240. If, if you had to choose one to make a larger impact in this current giant Giants lineup, would you, would you say it was Chapman or Jorge Soler? The thing about Chapman is he's going to play every day. Is, right. is, would, would Soler play every day? That's, that's kind of my question. Right. And, and Soler, to me, would be more of a right-handed Jock Peterson. Mm-hmm. You'd see him against the lefties. He can hit righties, um, but but you would see him against the lefties mostly. Um, and and there's those days where he could DH against a righty and, and still get hits and still hit home runs. Um, he'd have to stay healthy, uh, and, and that would be the key. And again, like you said, I think the biggest key is getting getting people – on base ahead of him. Um, if you're going to hit home runs, solo shots, two run shots aren't going to do it. The Giants are going to need base runners. They're going to need to move people around the bases as it is. Um, they need to score runs uh, unless you go out and sign Snell and Montgomery. And then all of a sudden you have a massively awesome pitching staff and a bullpen that you can turn to that that is pretty dominating too so say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? 
Grimly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Where are you at this point with expectation like at, at one point we were like they may get three guys they may get four <laughs> guys and they've gotten one yeah right out of this free agent right. market there and but those yeah. guys are still out there bellinger's still out there uh though they want lee to play center um they're the pitching is out there chapman is out there where are you with the uh will you be disappointed like, I'm going to be majorly disappointed if they don't add anybody, right? Right. But would one, would adding one pacify you, or would you still be frustrated? Like, I just think that they have an opportunity to kind of just kind of make the fan base go, okay, they're actively working on this team. And I get it. It's dealing with agents, and these players want yeah. more than the Giants feel that they're worth. And, you know, you don't want to create an opportunity where you're overpaying for these guys just because the leverage, like it's a, it's deals. I get it. Yeah. But if they go into this season with Logan Webb and the triple a all-stars <laughs> and they run that same defense with the one exception of Lee in center field, I w I may lose faith in in Farhan's ability to get anything done, and and it's up to Melvin yeah. to put the pieces together. But man, that's going to be so sad if we don't get anybody else. It it's tough now. Pink Floyd has a song called "Comfortably Numb," and that's <laughs> kind of where I'm at right now. Um, and I and I blame Farhan for making me the comfortably part of "Comfortably Numb," um, but. Yeah, I would be absolutely devastated and disappointed if if we took this roster into spring training and said, this is what we're going to do and nothing else changed the rest of the way. Uh, the fact that we were in on Corbin Burns, that's frustrating too that we didn't get him. But I understand that too because you look at what they got from the Orioles and I don't want us to give anybody up. We don't have pitching depth as it is right now. So to get Corbin Burns for one season and then get rid of some of your minor league prospects, that would be tough. Did they want Kyle Harrison? Did the Brewers want Kyle Harrison? Maybe. Did they want Carson Wisenhunt? Maybe. Um, they certainly didn't want Tristan Beck um, or uh, Keaton Wynn because I think, I think we would have parted with him at that point with one of those guys. Um, I, my expectation is still the fact I, uh, let's go through the list really fast. One more time. This is the list that uh, Jim Bowden put out of uh, his predictions of where like the top 10 remaining free agents were going to go this granted. Let's not forget. This was like three weeks ago. <laughs> and no and one of, no, no of one these 10 sign. players, three of them have signed 30% of this list has signed and that's it. 
So he still thought, you know, at that time, Snell was going to us at seven years, 172 million. I Let's don't know do it. That's still, yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> at this point, it's that's okay. where that's where I'm at. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, I don't care anymore. Let's do it. Yeah. So, I mean, you look at what the Giants have. The Giants have 55 million to spend right now before they get to the threshold tax. My dad used to have this saying, so, uh, beggars can't be choosers. I feel like we're yes. at that point right now. Well, that and, and, and I always say, too, when it comes to this, it ain't my money, mm-hmm. it, you know. So if you're gonna, if you want to put a product on the field that's gonna win, you you sign the 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 reigning National League Cy Young champ away from one of your rival rivals in the San Diego Padres. He still could go to the Dodgers. The Dodgers have money. He could still end up there. Although I don't know if the Dodgers have enough now to sign a guy like Snell as it is because Yamamoto didn't really defer much of his money um and then they also signed paxton they signed you know glass now to a larger deal um but and then you look at montgomery he had him predicted to go back to the rangers still hasn't signed with anybody bellinger to the cubs still hasn't signed with anybody chapman back to the blue jays still hasn't signed hater he had going to the yankees he ended up signing with the astros jd martinez predicted to go to the d-backs still hasn't signed Reese Hoskins, the Giants were kind of in on him, but almost kind of like half-assed in on him. Yeah. Um, And that was more, Bowden predicted more, if the Giants didn't get Bellinger and Chapman, they might look towards Reese Hoskins. So that can tell you right there, maybe Zadie still has that, um, you know, that feeling that there's a chance they could still get Bellinger and Chapman. Um, Where did Hoskins go again? He, he went to the Brewers. That's right. Um, Jorge Soler predicted to go to the Mets, still out there. Justin Turner was predicted to go to the Guardians, signed a one-year deal with the Blue Jays, um, which is great because it means he didn't sign with us. Um, <laughs> Clevenger uh, predicted to go to the Red Sox, and he's still out there. So, again, that's another guy. You can go, you can go Snell and Clevenger. I mean, you need to eat innings at this point. Um, so you can go Montgomery and Clevenger, Snell and Montgomery, and break the bank, uh, and you know get close. But then, but then if you do those two, you're looking at uh, you know, do you have room for Chapman? Do you have room for Bellinger? So it's got to be you know for the Giants. I think most Giants fans. I'm going to speak for most Giants fans here. Um, I I would think they would be happy with Snell and Chapman or Snell and Bellinger. I I think. I don't think that many people are high on Montgomery. I am because he was number four in ground ball rate last season. Mm -hmm. And Logan Webb was number one. So that's two of the top five ground ball rate guys on your team pitching one, two. Uh, I think that's fantastic. And then you got Kyle Harrison who can strike guys out. Then you've got a pretty nasty one, two, three punch. And then when, when uh, Robbie Ray comes back, when Alex Cobb comes back, all of a sudden you have, you know, like a starting five that's starting to look really, really, really tough. Uh, so I'd be happy with a Montgomery signing. I know that's going to take a little bit. That's probably going to take a couple months for most Giants fans to say, oh, okay, I like this guy. Great signing. Good job. But, you know, so that's not going to be the automatic like, yes, we got Jordan Montgomery. So, yeah. All right. So Davis asked about the Giants as a real free agent destination. I actually have a list. Of the free agents that the Giants have historically signed, Uh, it's not going to be pretty, is it? It's not going (laughs) to. It's not going to be fantastic. That is for sure. Um, So we're talking about not guys who were traded for, right? um, Or guys who were given extensions, and then uh, you know that it's just guys who are on the free agent market who took the Giants' money. Okay. The last time uh, one of the top free agents, as far as I can remember, took the Giants' money was Johnny Cueto, 2015. Right. Uh, and he had a great year, and then he started to have not great years, but uh, he did take their money, and they were post-World you know, World Series team, so not far off of who they, who they were, but uh, they have not had... Uh, too many great seasons since then, obviously. Uh, Willie McGee. Remember old Willie McGee? Wasn't uh, Jeff Samarja was the same year as Cueto, too, right? Uh, let's see. Samarja on this list. I thought Samarja and Cueto were the did same. They, did they trade for him? Nope. 
No, they signed him straight up as a free agent. Um, I remember that was the same season because we thought, all right, here we go, man. And and we didn't go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, they made at least they made the wild card. Yeah, exactly. Uh yeah, so I guess he would have been yeah, he would have been the same year. Yeah. And then uh in 2017 he lost a league best 15 games. Oh jeez. <laughs> so yeah, so he's he's not on the list that I'm looking at. Um, okay. but maybe he's just falls off slightly. Uh Willie McGee who was, you know, in the sort of the after his prime part of his career, but he had some good years with the Giants. Uh that happened in 1990. Uh, Ryan Vogel song, not a real sexy free agent. He hadn't even really become anybody yet. So that was more like a smart signing. Uh, they, I think they had even already traded him and then they got him back. Andres Torres, sort of same thing. He was just kind of like a journeyman who they decided to uh, to bring in. Uh, Santiago Casilla, uh, he was on the A's. And didn't he have a different name back then? Jairo? Wasn't his name like Jairo or something? I believe. Jairo so, Garcia. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so uh, he, he, again, not like this giant signing. Uh, here's one that's actually pretty good, which is uh, Ray Durham. People mm-hmm. remember Ray Durham. He came off a pretty big season, and then he signed with the Giants in t- 2002. Uh, Brett Butler was was on the uh, the former Cleveland Indians, and he was kind of a guy who, you know, you you knew if you were a really big time baseball fan, but he was not yet a a star star. And then he played for the Giants for three or was it three or four years, and he kind of raised his his. Uh, stature and then he left us for the Dodgers um and uh also from that same time frame you know the the one who we kind of thought was going to be the big one which was Aaron Rowan and, right and he was not the big one he had he had a, a good season and a half with the Giants probably uh and then of course Barry Zito who they gave a lot of money to even though that was the big one all of his analytics were saying that his, you know, he was probably declining. And then it's Bonds after that. Like, so mm-hmm. those are those are really the big ones of, of did, recent memory. Did you mention the great Armando Benitez? That was a big one, wasn't it? That was a big one because he was coming off of a big season in Florida. He was an all-star, 23rd in MVP voting for a closer had 47 saves and this was 2004 so 2005 we were still in the uh uh felipe alu managerial regime correct 2004 2005 yes yes and so we were looking for a closer pre yeah pre bochi we were looking for a closer he came to the giants uh and big money and signed, I think he only played with us for like three seasons, two and a half seasons. We traded him. He only got 19 saves, 17 <laughs> saves, and then nine, and we traded him. Yeah, because he gave up big ones. That's he gave up. Yeah, he blew quite a few saves. And, uh, and one of the few players in Giants history that was actually booed off of the mound. There weren't many. Johnny LaMaster was booed often. Uh, and Armando Benitez, and I can't honestly think of many other guys in Giants uniforms that have been booed before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so what about did the Giants sign Andres Galarraga or did they trade for Andres Galarraga? I believe they signed him and they also signed Marquise Grissom, but he was like 36. Yeah. And passed all of his award seasons and everything else. But he came to us. No, actually, Galarraga was traded to the Giants in 2001. And then he came back in 2003, signing a minor league contract. Okay. All right. So, yeah, we don't count those so much because he got he got a taste of the organization and then stayed. But but Grissom, uh, I don't think we traded for Grissom. I think he signed straight up as a free agent um, and hit 20 home runs, 22 home runs and then kind of faded out a little bit. But he was he was kind of a big 
big player for the Giants. But it, but again, he was past that that block of awards when he was in his twenties and stuff that he was getting in Montreal. So uh, to to answer Davis's question, the real big free agents they got who were sought after were Barry Bonds, Barry Zito. I would probably put Ray Durham on maybe not that top tier, but definitely the the next tier. I think you could put Rowan on the next tier as well. I'd, I'd put Johnny Cueto in the top tier. Mm-hmm. So those would be the main ones, I think. Uh, but yeah, not not a great free agent destination, which you would think post Bonds, you know, you would think, wow, you know, who doesn't want to play with Bonds? But it turns out that, you know, maybe Bonds wasn't the easiest guy to get along yeah. with. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I, for, I don't know if folks were even paying that close attention, but for the second week in a row, I spilled my drink. Um, what? Yeah. What's going on here, man? The, the last week, <laughs> last week, uh, I was like pouring and then it, the, 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 it fizzed <laughs> over. And then this week I opened the can and I bring it to my mouth and I tipped it a little bit oh, too no. much and it was full. And so oh. I got a little bit on my shirt, but I'm drinking the green bar. Single malt whiskey and soda. So this is very similar to the uh, you can buy actually buy these the Coke Zero and Jack Daniels just in a oh, can. Yeah. Very similar to that, though not as syrupy as uh, your as the Coke taste. Like this is a little bit of a lighter cola taste. So it's kind of, you know if you, if you like the highball, if you like the um, you know the whiskey with some sort of seltzery. This is kind of in between a highball and a Jack Daniels and Coke Zero. Uh, I actually like it, but I also like the the more Coke Zero-y taste uh, of the other one. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's what I'm drinking. Green Bar Distillery is nice. who makes this one. So 7% alcohol, one carb, and 149 calories. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to start looking for those mixed ones. I sent you a picture from Margaritaville up in Lake Tahoe. I think it was last weekend of an, of an old fashioned. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. That looked good, but it didn't have any of the numbers on it. And I was like, eh, yeah, I don't want to. So, sometimes you do have to just sort of treat it like you would treat dessert or something. Yeah, exactly. I just didn't. Yeah. I didn't necessarily at that moment want a sugar bomb. So I didn't get it. Um, I was I was debating today. I'm like, man, it's we're doing the show early. So I didn't know if I was going to be like, oh, I'll just go. Maybe I'll go decaf coffee. <laughs> maybe maybe I'll go like a Guinness, like a light 4% Guinness. And I threw all that out the window because it was a hell of a day at work. So I went with the piggyback 100% rye, aged six years, uh, whistle pig. I'm getting low on this. So I told my wife, I said, next time you're at Sam's Club. There you go. I, said, I, I need another one of these bad boys. Uh, they had them at Costco, but they were a Costco specific one. Um, higher alcohol percent aged like 10 years. And oh, wow. Like 60 bucks or something. But this one at Sam's Club is like $32 or something like that. And it is fantastic. I really like it. And I'm getting low on it. So, yeah. So that's what I went with tonight. Have you ever tried the uh, free spirits? So I have not even heard of those. So, so I, I was at the grocery store. And it was this, I think the brand may even be Free Spirits, but it was like, oh, this is a non-tequila spirit. And so it was sort of like a processed fake tequila with no alcohol in it. (laughs) And so uh, my wife is into the mocktails these days because she's just completely stopped drinking. She's like, this is no good for me. I keep trying to figure yeah. out this and that. Can't it's just, sleep right. Yeah, it's just I'm always, I'm always, uh, I'm, I'm always in a situation where I regret it. And she's yeah. like, it's not even fun anymore when you regret it. So I go, okay. So what you know what happens is, is if she's not drinking at all, I'll have a drink with you on this show, and then throughout the week, she's not drinking. So there's no real reason for me to drink, right? And so she got these these spirits which are versions of uh i guess it sort of looks and smells like the alcoholic drink and a lot of people who are trying to stop drinking or who have stopped drinking they try and and uh and create 
mocktails out of, out of this stuff. So she bought some just to try them out because the tequila one, I was like, man, bad breath tastes better than this stuff. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, but you know what? You know what they also do? There's a trick for the mocktailers is they put bitters and stuff to try and oh, change okay. it up a little bit. So I thought that, that was pretty sense. interesting. And I did that. <laughs> and yeah, it did it did take it did make it taste a lot better. But yeah, yeah. There there's one there's one that she's gotten, which is a gin and tonic mocktail that I actually thought was really good. So I you know that's something that you know it's kind of fun and it's it's essentially seltzer water and adaptogens and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So. I, I mean I have I have some some Sierra Nevada trail pass, um, non-alcoholic beers and stuff. Non-alcoholic beers are tricky because sometimes they can taste like you're drinking like watered down bark. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's very odd. Some of the tastes that you get, but the, the Sierra Nevada trail pass non-alcoholic beer is, is actually pretty good. I enjoy it. Um, and ironically, that's where I take them. Like if I'm going hiking or something, I'll throw one of those in a backpack because uh, it's fun to have a beer when you get to like the summit and you're like three hours into your hike and you hit the summit and you're looking at this view. But I also don't want a beer so that the last three hours back down the hill or two hours down the hill are, are not fun so because you're just now i'm getting tired and i've had a beer um but you want that taste of the beer so sometimes it, you know some of the non-alcoholic beers are good but i've never had any non-alcoholic like spirits before supposedly the wine scary. is terrible like I, you try, this is what i hear yes yeah and she's like why do i want to drink grape juice like it's not the same. <laughs> just drink grape juice <laughs> yeah so i'll let you know if any of these spirits are, are fun but yeah like i said nice. i like the gin and tonic one that was cool oh yeah uh, all right last thing keith law came out with his top 100 list and i just glanced on it i was like oh no tell me you know farhan was brought over here to really build up this farm system how bad are we doing yeah. well we still have Kyle Harrison at number 11, so that's good. Kyle Harrison is up one from his 2023 ranking, and Keith Law sees him as a number two starter with ace upside if he can lock down the command. Um, then you got to scroll. And I mean <laughs> scroll. You know you know what, what, what I see in this, you know, because you and I like to play MLB The Show, uh -huh. And the reason why I know these prospects is because of MLB. The show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm like, oh, Jordan Lawler. Like, I know that guy because yeah. I use him. He plays, Those are he the plays shortstop. Parts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and uh, so you got to scroll and you're scrolling and you're scrolling. And you're like, man, where's another Giants player? What's going on here? That's and why then, I use that's why I use command F. <laughs> I just type in Giants so I don't have to scroll all over the place. And so then. <laughs> You go all the way down to player number 84. And this is a player who, on previous lists, he was the Giants' highest-ranking player. And that is Marco Luciano. Luciano. I, we, we learned that it's Luciano. Yes, Luce. And Keith Law has him at 84 after last year. Just last year, he was at number 21 on Keith Law's list. So basically, he said uh, he hit the ball hard, which he does everywhere where he's healthy, and he's able to keep up with fastballs. But off-speed stuff was an issue even in A, and killed him at the next two stops. He went from a 30% strikeout rate in A to 35 in AAA to 37 in the big leagues, which is an argument that he should have stayed at double A. He's also not a shortstop, and I think moving him to left field might allow him to focus more on developing the bat while also perhaps keeping him healthy. He's still quite young, just 22 with barely 300 professional games, and he's got a strong swing that's geared for 25 to 30 home runs. I never bought him as a shortstop or really as a second baseman, but I thought the bat would be more advanced than this. He can still be an above-average regular if the Giants give him some time to develop his pitch recognition. Not great for <laughs> the guy who we were once thinking was going to be like maybe one of the top prospects in baseball. Yeah, but you know that's okay um, because 
the fact that last year the Giants kind of shoved him through the system. And it was mainly because the Giants team was kind of middling. It was just kind of floundering around. And they wanted to give the fans a little bit of an excitement. I don't think this detracts from his uh, development at all. Um, when you're talking about pitching prospects, yes, there's a there's a difference. You don't want to rush them up. Uh, pitching is a much more psychological game than hitting, I think. Um, so when it comes to hitting, you can start Luciano in AAA if you needed to this year, but you have to have a shortstop. That's the problem is if you go out and trade for Willie Adamas, then sure, you can have Luciano. But again, you don't have a backup shortstop. So you yeah. have to go sign somebody else to be on. And it doesn't look like they're very interested in bringing back Brandon Crawford. <laughs> I don't think they are. Uh, I know Brandon Crawford has said that there's other people that are looking at him and, and talking with him. But, you know, again, we'll see on that front. Um but but I'd love to see Luciano start in the majors. Um, I don't think I'd want to see him start in AAA at this point and and get his licks in the majors once again. Um, you got a guy like Bob Melvin at the helm, major league experience, uh, tons of managing experience. He can kind of work these younger guys through it. And I, and I really do think that is one of the main reasons the Giants – we're, we're so high on getting Bob Melvin. And that was because of his experience with youngsters in Oakland um, to say like, Hey, I've seen a million youngsters because every time that team brought one up, I got to work with him for a year and then we traded him away. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's a tough one to see Luciano that low on the list. Um, but I'm all for uh, anytime we can prove Keith law wrong. So. <laughs> All right, right after, next, after Luciano, was Bryce Eldridge, the mm-hmm. youngster, the 19-year-old, six-foot-seven, left-handed masher. And I know he they they sort of drafted him with the idea that, you know, oh, this is a fun little two-way guy. But I think, I think they're going to focus mostly on his hitting here. Uh, the problem is uh, really tall hitters. Uh, they can be injury prone and the uh you remember one uh damon minor mm-hmm. who oh, was definitely up with the giants and kind of a taller left-handed hitter who they thought possibly could be a power guy uh and he had giant holes in his swing yeah um but the the talk is that eldridge has uh, a shorter swing so uh, maybe the height won't work against him so much. I mean, look at Aaron Judge. You know, if you could be Aaron Judge, uh, maybe, I don't know, snuggle up to Aaron Judge, ask him some questions. Hey, man, I know, you know, from the Bay, you kind of teased us a little bit last year. Give me some tips. Let's hang out. But uh, he <laughs> has a pretty good contact, co- contact rate because of the shape of his swing, according to Keith Law. And that is that those are the three Giants players on the Keith Law 100. That's crazy. I mean, you, you know, when you look at other players that are on there, like, uh, oh, let's see, Carson Wisenhunt has been talked about quite a bit. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other players that have been talked about. Well, they have a the the they have a couple of guys who were hurt last year in Grant McRae and Von Brown, right? Who I think are kind of in like make it or break it type of years, and there are other guys who I'm sure if you extend uh, Keith Law's list, you know, to 200, who may have been on it previously, like Averson Artiaga, um, uh, you know, Wisenhunt may be on that next hundred. He probably is on that next hundred and guys like that. And then, you know, they have the kids who they drafted last year who, who knows, we'll, we'll figure out if any of those guys are, are going to be the real deal, but we'll be able to see them. Cause I think they're going to try and, uh, especially the college kids, they're, those guys kind of get through the single A's and double A's, you know, quicker just because they're older, especially if they are, uh, if they are, playing well that i mean that's how speckler got got to us last year is he just balled out you know in in all of those different uh in different leagues so 
Um, all right. We will be back next week, uh, post Super Bowl, the day after the Super Bowl. So I'll either be very excited <laughs> or I'll be really sad on this show yeah. because uh, the Niners and the Chiefs play in Super Bowl 58. Uh, as for the rest of this week, I keep saying that we're going to do a death lineup. And the problem is because of the Warriors' schedule, uh, I have been unable to work anything out with Ben Cruz. So we're going to try and do something this week. If not, Brian will be back next week. He is still in London. He was sending me photos from Paris. They went on a train to go Jeez. hang out in Paris. And he said, I asked him if he was underdressed. He said, yes. <laughs> and, and uh, But he comes back this weekend. So I think he should be back next week. We'll do a death lineup. And then We Want Winners will be back on Saturday night to do the preview of the Super Bowl. And then Sunday night after the Super Bowl. So talk about nice. either That's... just euphoria or complete depression. That's what you're going to yeah. get. Yeah. Is, is there a chance i know you don't drink that much but is there a chance <laughs> when on monday you're gonna be hurting uh no there there won't okay. be a chance. All right. no yeah. chance All no right. there won't be like i the, i i won't be able to like i'm just the, the way that i watch football now that we do this podcast is insane oh, yeah. like i don't watch it casually in any way like i'm right. just like Every single play like has some sort of meaning and which makes me a better football fan, but it's not as fun. Like I can't just <laughs> kick back and, and just be like, Hey, good play. No, what, what's, what's your score prediction? So I think we'll do that on Sunday. And I've okay. been, I've been pretty disciplined and not even thinking about it. Cause my fear is the fear of Pat Mahomes. Like yeah. he's just so good. And you know you have the yeah. he he's he's like the the teacher, and Brock Purdy's in his second year. And if Brock Purdy makes mistakes of a second year quarterback, like that's just who he is. And if he plays better than that, then that's like sort of a magical narrative to that game. But the Pat Mahomes things really scares me. I think the Niners, like player for player, are the more talented team. I, that doesn't always mean that you're going to win the game, though. So I'm right. probably leaning. And the other problem is, is if you're thinking it's going to be close, the Chiefs have like the best kicker, one of the best kickers of all time. Not he's not the best, but he he's a really good kicker. The Niners have the mustachioed Jake Moody, <laughs> who doesn't barely he rarely had to kick during the regular season and had already missed you know, big time field goals in the playoffs. So yeah. that's part of where I'm like, I think the Niners can win this game if it, especially if it's close, but I'm just like, okay, but then I do, I expect Moody to kick a field goal when they need it. Uh, I don't know. Well, if you that. have to bang it. Yeah. If you have to bang a 54 yarder with two seconds left, how much faith do you have? And I felt that as a Rams fan this year, because of our kicker situation was, I thought that's cool. We got in the playoffs, but if it ever came down to a field goal needing to win it, that was 50 plus yards. I was very nervous with Brett Mahar as our kicker trying to bang one of those. Cause it wasn't going to go well. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's a worry there. Um, there's also a worry in that, you know, Shanahan sort of has this ghost of the Super Bowl against Tom Brady, where they're up by like 25 <laughs> points or whatever. Yeah. And so he's, I'm sure he's got that in his, in his back pocket that he's got to kind of disprove that that's who he is. This is why when uh, I was talking to Steve Berman, I was saying, you know, even more so than Brock Purdy or Nick Bosa or Christian McCaffrey, this is a Kyle Shanahan Super Bowl because he needs this yeah. more than anybody. He needs to yeah. prove that he can win the big one because he's got the accolades. I think people think he's a really good coach. But unlike your guy who's got a title, Kyle doesn't have a title yet. And that's what's going to separate him from those really, really best of the best coaches. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's what it's going to come down to, too, when, when you talk about retirement, Hall of Fame voting, all of that stuff. You can have all the winning records and, you know, Super Bowl appearances and everything else, but... 
you just don't want to be Marv Levy. When it comes <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. Yeah. We'll be back next week. And spring training is coming ever so quickly. Nine days. We're gonna and and in a couple weeks we'll probably have at some baseball, right? When when is the first it, game? Yeah, uh, the first game is the dreaded Dodgers and the Padres. Uh February twenty second. Okay, so a few days. more weeks. A few more yeah, weeks. Yeah, yeah. We're we're seventeen days though. I mean that, yeah. That's it. So we're we are very very close. But All right. That's the only game of that day, and then after that, February eighteenth, I think a full slate. So yep. All right. For Brad, I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out. Peace. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.